A quick hello to start the show. Welcome to the show, Matthew Tenney. Thank you. Thank you Is very that much. Matthew Tenney or Tenney? Tenney. Tenney's Tenney. pretty good. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Right. Um, from what I understand, you've written two books. You're incredibly famous. Uh, you do loads of conferences talking about these books about social media. Is that right, Matthew? <laughs> wrong. Oh. Uh, and it's a good subject that you, Matthew that you bring up. <laughs> well, you in did fact, search about my name, but not me. No, you didn't I, find me. I, I knew all that. In fact, I'm teasing you uh, because what I liked about this is I looked you up, found somebody else, and you were talking about vetting experts through Google, and you just don't appear. So vetting you as an expert just doesn't work out as a thing. So I wanted to know why you. I think so he was in jail. It. I think he was in jail too. At the time when I searched for him, or as a general... Years ago, years ago, this guy, Matthew Tenney, he was in jail, yeah. And now oh, he no. became some public speaker. So I've got some uh, some branding to do for my own name. And this is part of it, joining this podcast and, and yeah. for, uh, well, your show and getting him out there. And, and that's the interesting point, is with WordLift, we're doing this entity-based content model, and the whole of the site that hosts the podcast is one big uh, entity-based content model. And what we've managed to do, I mean, it's actually multiple channel. We've got the site, we've got YouTube, we've got uh, Crunchbase, we've got Eventable, um, we've got LinkedIn, and we're pushing this information out, creating a little knowledge graph around the podcast, and we've managed to rank page two for your name for you. That's your first ranking on your own name. We're 10th uh, in Google for YouTube videos, despite the fact that Matthew Tenney, the other Matthew Tenney, has done so many videos. And we're fourth. Yeah, no, it's, it's strong competition, but we're fourth with this video before the videos even happened for your name on YouTube. So nice. people can now vet you as an expert, and they will see that you are an expert. Now, let's get on to the real topic. How do you vet people? Because I've, I've, I mean, I've just stupidly gone through YouTube, uh, Google, Google Images, and I've said, okay, we've placed you as a minor expert underneath the other Matthew Tenney. If you were researching somebody who wanted to be on my podcast, how would you do it? So a number of ways. There's a lot of information there about this, and basically I take the looking at the eyes of Google trying to figure out really what search engines can understand about author. And I flip it. Instead of an author, I look at it as an entity. This uh, topic of entities has been so popular coming up over and over in algorithmic updates. And I think it's extremely important to know how to get in the eyes of Google through an entity. So you have a lot of experience as well. And when we started chatting, you brought up also Knowledge Graph and you've got your good tool that API to the Knowledge Graph. So that's a great start. Yeah. Uh, figuring out, you know, the, the reputation of an author is important as well. You know, in this day and age of fake news, we want to make sure that somebody is an expert. They know what they're talking about. Uh, they're not fake. and that they are having a good reputation around the web. So yeah, entity-based knowledge graph start there, and then it can and go into a few other uh, a few other well, ways to. There are, there are two major points that I hear there. Number one 
is oh right we're number three on on youtube for matthew tenney oh, and the other four no, matthew no. tenney who's done his pedx <laughs> talks has only got two places for himself we've got the third one and with this video now it's come out it will rise to the top and for at least okay. a week you're going to be number one for your own name on youtube and you can thank us, me and Anton, for that. We've been working hard yeah. at this. Thanks, but two Kurt. things come out of that. Number one is you search Google and you trust what Google throws back. Number two is that if you want Google to throw back something positive about you that makes you look authoritative and expert it, and trustworthy, if we're going to talk EAT, expertise, authority, and trust, you need to be recognized by Google as an entity. Is that about right? Okay, it's also, first of all, correct. It's also not just an author name. You know, we're talking about an organization as well. There are plenty of very reputable publications and organizations that use their organization name as a way to show trust and authority and what have you. When we look at specific industries or fields, especially related to your money, your life, this is, I believe, where it's extremely important, where the information really affects pocket or mental well-being it's extremely important and we've seen throughout different conversations and patents as well that the criteria used in order for sites to rank higher kind of heightens if you will for topics around your money your life so that's where it's even more important and especially if competitors are doing it as well that they need to make sure that they get in there and they're using the best sources and the most trusted people so looking at the knowledge graph, it's extremely important. You know, not everybody kind of knows the history of the knowledge graph, and we've seen it evolve over the years. And, you know, this encyclopedia of Google is a, a great resource, and it's likely changing, and the sources of it are getting more sophisticated as well. Well, so, sorry, two, two things there, one of which is when you say encyclopedia, I think it's really important to point out that the importance here is Wikipedia is an encyclopedia. This is an encyclopedia that's machine-readable in real time. It's, it's Google's understanding. It's a machine's brain and memory and understanding of the world. And you bringing back in Wikipedia, I think it's really important. Google used to rely pretty much only on Wikipedia. That was its baby wheel data set. And, uh, and now it's and Freebase and Wikidata, but it's moving away from that. And we're getting more and more sources. And I'm proving it with my experiments. There are more and more sources that Google now trusts, and we can push information into the knowledge graph without Wikipedia. And in fact, the last episode, sorry, the next episode, Ted Rubin of this uh, podcast series is has been pushed into the knowledge graph and is in the knowledge graph without Wikipedia, without Wikidata, simply by the power of the information I've been able to put out there. Sorry, we've, we've lost you a bit there. Can you? Sure. The last I heard was that we pushed into the knowledge graph and you're using different sources. Yeah, we're using different sources. I didn't use Wikipedia or Wikidata at all. This entity-based content, content model with WordLift does not use Wikipedia or Wikidata. It uses only my site, Crunchbase, various other sites around. Um, and one of the interesting things is that I'm making my site the trusted source for this podcast and anything associated with it. So it's now so in, ad me. in addition right. to that, and, and I think a lot of people who are in this game of reputation and building entities and what have you, you know, if you go ahead and add some structured data to any of the pages that you're publishing about me, you people will see likely I'll have a much higher chance of mm -hmm. having a knowledge graph as well. And, and for search engines, especially Google to understand. So there are techniques uh, that some 
may not be using or be aware of that within structured data, it's great to put in an author. In addition to that, to use structured data same as, uh, Google even recently said that they really understand the structure of using same as, and when you to other sources like uh, social platforms, or like you said, you know, you have an article somewhere, can put in that same as within an within an author structured data and really strengthen that connection that search engines see, especially Google. I, I like that, strengthen that connection. It's also corroborating and being extremely explicit and confirming this is the person or the thing I'm talking, the entity I'm talking about on multiple levels. And the other thing that I think it's important to say is it's not just adding schema markup. It's not just being structured. Uh, it's also joining all the dots up. So when you do point out there, it all corroborates each other and you end up with this kind of web Strangely enough, talking about the World Wide Web, you, talk, you end up with this mini web that really makes sense and is really solid. And that's when, pe when people look you up and try and find out if you're an expert, you either are or you aren't, and it's going to be very obvious very quickly. Sure. And in addition to that, because I've pivoted, I'm in the health industry, so I work for a company called Glasses USA. Oh, that's true, which is YMYL at a certain level, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so. When when I'm in this industry, it's extremely important to make sure that uh, you know I'm aware of what needs to be done, and and that's why what I what I've done recently is to research all the different topics to try to figure out really who's the best author slash entity in Google's eyes. So in into all these topics, you know, if any different articles, some people say different sources. I think kind of the, the best ways to streamline it. And this is something that me and you talked about, Knowledge Graph. And then in addition to Knowledge Graph, which a few other sources mention as well, and I'm gonna talk about right now, is Google Trends. And the reason I bring up Google Trends is because Google Trends has the functionality to show you tick. And for example, a, uh, a an expert that's within uh, you know, the, the health industry, uh, they can show up as a doctor, a topic, a specific doctor, or it can show up as their clinic, as a topic, uh, as opposed to just their name. And the reason that I think that this is very important is because I think that there are certain levels of an author. And you want to make sure that, let's say, you cut through the crap and you make sure, because ultimately SEOs, and people who are sophisticated, they know how to uh, manipulate certain factors. So I think that at some extent, it'd be hard to manipulate. Even, for example, something that we didn't mention, uh, Google Scholar, right? You know, to, yeah. to write a book, that's not easy. To become, <laughs> a, a, <laughs> to become an official, uh, you know, within uh, an official author within Google Scholar and, and claim your if you will, uh, knowledge graph within, also very difficult. So well, I mean, you, you have Google Scholar, which is one thing, and you have Google Books, which is another. Um, and, and in fact, that, that idea of getting the knowledge panel, in fact, you mentioned the knowledge graph, but in fact, things like Google Scholar and Google Books um, will tend to trigger knowledge panels without the entity actually even being in the, the knowledge graph proper, uh, which is kind of interesting. A lot of the guests who have been on this show have written books and have knowledge panels, but are not in the knowledge graph, according to the API. My sister is also a writer, and she's got that same situation. Really? So we're getting more and more situations where a knowledge panel will appear, 
without the entity being in the knowledge graph. And one of okay. one of our guests, uh, and it was Neil Schaefer, or was it? Uh, I think it was Neil Schaefer. We pushed him into the knowledge graph. He wasn't in the knowledge graph. He just had his knowledge panel. And through this show, once again, with the entity-based content model that I keep mentioning, we pushed him into the knowledge graph, which is interesting because it's merging these things together. And that knowledge graph becomes increasingly important and a centralized source of information for Google. What do you think of that? I 100% agree. I think that it's a very... I think that's a very uh, uh, good topic and something that people need to differentiate and understand how the evolution of their their entities. Right. And coming back to Google Trends, because we've kind of gone off your topic, which is Google Trends. One of the problems is a lot of entities don't have enough search volume for anything to appear. So you don't see any association. Matthew Tenney, despite the fact he's very famous, he, not you, still doesn't come up with anything in Google Trends and nor do I. So uh, in terms of actually searching me, that wouldn't help or even yourself. So that's where it's interesting because we can assume that, you know, topics that are trending or that are more popular, that are appearing in Google Trends that those essentially are the most relevant or, uh, or you know, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a I'm making, but I believe, uh, and there are other, you know, case studies that have shown it as well that, you know, uh, using the data from Google Trends is very helpful and beneficial for yeah, SEO sure. strategies. So, I mean, but basically, you're just talking at a bigger level than you or I, i.e. Google Trends doesn't come up with anything because we're not very important or famous, um, which is a bit upsetting, but I can, I can, I can accept that. Get but there. Well, you'll get there. One if you're looking for an author for your USA Glasses blog, you could usefully find somebody who's associated with glasses and ask them to write for you. It's a challenge, and uh, absolutely, yes. So that, and, that's the goal. And I think that people that are in the fields of uh, finance, health, what have you, this they strive to do. And ultimately, you know, you want to go with the best author. Uh, and in addition, obviously, outside of, and I want to just preface it, outside of the engines, you know, make sure that whoever is doing this, that you vet them properly, even outside of a, a Google perspective as well. You know, we can't forget about uh, looking at somebody's reputation and understanding if they're trustworthy and what have you. So there needs to be uh, an approach from that level as well. But isn't it fair to say that, I mean, if you look at Google and you read through the the first 10 pages of their brand SERP, the first 100 results, Google will have found pretty much everything about them. Why would you bother going and looking anywhere else? I mean, if it's out there, Google's probably found it. So, you know, you're, you're, ultimately our online presence is extremely important. And, I don't need to tell people that uh, in this day and age, you still need to be careful. You still need to vet people properly and make sure that uh, you can trust them and have a good relationship with them. So there are things that are outside of, uh, you know, what you see online that it's important when you establish a relationship with somebody. Yeah, brilliant. There, are, there, are, there is a world offline, isn't there? And I've forgotten about that for a moment. Um, Look, even that world offline, it could end up uh, you know, uh, spilling online at some point. And that's essentially the the main takeaway here, that you want to be careful because at some point, like you said, Google can be aware and it, it's very easy to identify uh, somebody's reputation in this day and age. And uh, Yeah, sure. No, no, and, and that thing, the offline coming online, I once asked a question on a webinar uh, and 
somebody said, oh, no, you, you didn't mean that. You meant taking the online offline. And I said, no, I don't. I mean taking the offline online. All these people we meet, uh, Google obviously doesn't know about it. It can't apply that to our reputation. People can't research it. If I've got a great relationship with somebody, professional relationship with somebody offline, and I actually identify that relationship online, I'm doing myself a big favor. And I think people forget that the offline can come online. And it's actually very useful. What do you think of that? I think it's interesting. And even before we met, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you were uh, looking for some additional sources and and I was very enthusiastic to join and and I'm curious from your uh, perspective what are some of the tips that you can say or some of the things that you use to uh, identify somebody uh, trustworthiness reputation or or try to bridge the gap of the offline on Right. Well, for me, it's all a game. I mean, I'm, I, you said game earlier on. I thought a very serious game, but it's not. It's a silly game that I'm playing. Um, and I use CaddyCube Pro, basically measuring brand SERPs and measuring, which I've just updated to measure the quality and the control of your own brand SERP, which I think is incredibly important. What comes up when Google's, when somebody Googles your name, that you control it and that it's positive, accurate, and convincing is so incredibly important. Because the first thing we all do is look people up, which is what you're saying a very quick vetting of somebody before uh, actually entering into a relationship or even doing an interview with Matthew Tenney. I look him up and can't find him, which was deeply unfortunate. Um, so I use CaliCube an awful lot. But the interesting thing about the on- offline online was that I managed to build up, I've managed to build up a reputation and authoritativeness for myself by going to conferences around the world in person and talking to people. And there you go. That's, That's for me good. incredibly powerful. I mean, the reason you're on this show is because I talked to Mordi Oberstein from Rank Ranger in person. We did an interview and he recommended you as being somebody who was terribly interesting. And he's right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, so charming. I think that, I think that this, uh, this, the worlds collide and you know, there's ways to identify, let's say, even before Google picks up on it. Um, yeah, you can identify it, and we, that's also important. You know, if this is going to become an even bigger factor in the future, uh, for people to be aware of it before it happens, like you said, uh, who, who's going around the conference circle? Uh, you know, who's uh, who's establishing relationships and networking? You know, uh, this is yeah. in a way kind of like a drafting for. Uh, for entities or authors uh, in the sports term, you're yeah. drafting to see who will be uh, the next player. Yeah, sure. but yeah. And, and it's possible. It's possible. And this podcast is, for me, a great way to pull all that offline online, which is basically what I'm doing with it. It's working incredibly well, I mean, in, just in terms of the, the buzz it's generating within Google. And, and the fact that I can now rank my sites or my videos or these videos for anybody's name. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had some famous people on who've had, We've done loads and loads of videos, and we've managed to actually uh, impinge, is perhaps the word, on their brand set, which for me is the fun game, which I was talking about early on. It's how much can you did manipulate. Sorry. I said you saw you did it. Re- sorry for interrupting you. I, I saw you did it recently, too, for a journalist. Uh, did I? I forget her name, though. Yeah. Oh, it might be my sister, actually. Maybe. <laughs> Who is a journalist? Um <laughs> The the and you said earlier on um, manipulating, manipulating and and I, I try and avoid that word because it is manipulative but it's influence and it, it's educating I, I prefer the word educating because I'm not saying anything to Google that isn't true I'm not putting out there 
all these facts. And I'm, sorry, I'm not putting out lies. I'm putting out facts. I'm putting out things that are true. I'm just joining the dots in a way that are, that suits me. So in that sure. sense, it's manipulation, but it's still just the truth. I'm educating in a manner I uh, want. There, there's a clear distinct between the, the two. And I think when you have the good intent and you're sharing information and education and knowledge, that's important. And I don't think that's a negative context. I think that people who do abuse and, uh, and try to manipulate in a bad way, uh, that's what we need to be aware of. And obviously, search engines and machine learning and what have you uh, can hopefully I find this better and better in the future. Yeah. Uh, some of the other things that we didn't talk about as well, real quick, yep. uh, just as tips, uh, auto Google autocomplete and auto-suggest. You know, some people uh, may want to use that. Obviously, you know, all these uh, tools and platforms, they're somewhat integrated. The reason that I'm suggesting all of them is because you will see discrepancies or things that are different across each one and if you take the same author across each platform you're going to see something a bit different and when yeah. you do this at a larger scale you start identifying some interesting patterns brilliant that's so in fact you're talking about platforms i love that idea a, you can look in google which is what my first thing to do is i think a lot of it's the same look in youtube because there's more and more stuff going on in youtube uh, maybe look on twitter maybe look on facebook maybe look on linkedin which is a very good source as well but then also look on bing because bing's got incredible machine learning and a really great knowledge graph um yeah. bing actually picked up on my company calicube much quicker than google did uh, google appears in my small sample set of a few entities to be behind Bing in terms of actually putting facts out there. What do you think of Bing or have you not really got an opinion about Bing? So it is obviously an important engine, you know, especially when working in the, in North America and uh, it's something that uh, people need to be aware of. I, I wouldn't say uh, go and target. And I think it's really interesting though, that you identify something uh, a trend or a, an interesting tip for people. Uh, and I think that uh, after our phone conversation, I'm going to go into Bing and uh, do some vetting there as well to see because if Bing picks it up faster, uh, that's a great tip. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did a series of interviews with the people at Bing for this podcast, and they were incredibly interesting, incredibly open and incredibly knowledgeable. And it does seem to me that Bing is really, really doing uh, some stuff that Google hasn't started doing yet. And specifically in the knowledge graph, Perna Viju from Microsoft uh, was telling me, and I think Dawn Anderson also mentioned that, in fact, Bing's knowledge graph is way ahead of Google's and we just don't realize it. So looking somebody up on Bing is actually also something you can usefully add to your vetting procedure. What is your vetting procedure, step by step, very quickly? So, you know, get the name, try different variations of the name within Google to see uh, the knowledge graph you know, to see what comes up and complete uh, whichever ones do come up uh, look at it in google trends i think that's the fastest way see if any of the names do come up as a topic and uh, then go from there and contact them see if they're interested if you need to do further vetting uh, you can go into uh, wikidaddy wikipedia do some different variations of their name with let's say, uh, native type reputation where you can search lawsuits, spam, uh, review, and just make sure that they're okay and they're, and that meet your standards. Uh, essentially, that, that's my process. And uh, like I said, when you do this at scale, you really start identifying some interest and you start understanding 
really who you want to go after and who you want to target to Brilliant. work together. Right. So I should have listened more carefully to you, gone through your process, because then I wouldn't have ended up with the wrong Matthew Tenney. Thank you very much for coming along. <laughs> Thanks, Greg, Jason. Thanks so much for having and the show. Thank you, Matthew and Marty Oberstein for recommending you. Thanks, Marty. Everybody stay healthy. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. That was brilliant. Bye. See you soon. Thanks. Bye, Jason.